morning, I'm a blessed, blessed man because I got to hang out yesterday with Jackson, me and him. We worked in the garage. He was dirty, but man, we had fun, and he's in the house of the Lord with me this morning. But then Blakeland's over here. Somebody already stole her from me. If I, I, haven't, I, got, I haven't held her since I left. It's been two weeks, so I just about try to preach and hold her at the same time this morning if I could pull it off. Um, but uh, I am so thankful for the blessings of God and the goodness of God. I'm, a, I'm blessed this morning, and, uh, and I'm so thankful. And I'm blessed because I have a church family as well that supports us and prays for us and uh, catches the vision with us. So, so I'm very, very thankful and grateful uh, for what we are doing together in this season. Amen? So those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. If you're in the sanctuary today, I... I'm going to have to talk fast. You're going to have to listen fast. It's 11.32. I know we're in a miracle season, but I don't know if we're in that big of a miracle season yet. We're going to try this thing real. So, but I don't want to be too hurt in too big of a hurry, though, that I miss the Lord. But I do feel like I have a very important word to share with you today. And I want to take time to do that. I know it's a holiday weekend. I know you've got things you're doing. And I know you got probably places that you're going to be this afternoon and, and all of that. And I can appreciate that. But I'm going to ask that you would really have ears to hear this morning. Because what I'm going to try to deliver to you today, I believe, is of great, great importance. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. But... I'm not going to minister to you today from a place of fear, but I'm going to minister to you from a place of the unction of the Holy Spirit because I believe that we have to be sensitive in this season. So I don't want anyone to walk from this sanctuary today and say, oh, it's, it, it's, it's going to be bad. Okay, I don't want you to walk out of here with, with fear, but I want you to walk out of here with wisdom with understanding and with faith that God is who he says he is, okay? So for a little bit today, we're going to go on a journey. I want to, the Lord would help me, I want to talk to you about the value of insight. The value of insight today, and I'm going to deal with the importance of building a prepared house, You've heard me say for years that preparation precedes blessing. I, I believe that. I, I try to live my life like that. But in Matthew chapter number 16, and this is just going to be a launching point, and then we're going to go to Genesis 41. But in Matthew chapter number 16, beginning in verse number 13, it is a familiar passage of Scripture probably for many of you in this room. However... I, I want to point something out in this passage of Scripture so that I can take us to Genesis 41 and really begin our journey together. Matthew 16, beginning in verse number 13, we find these words. It says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. 
But then he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now he's talking to his disciples. There's 12 of them there, but only one answers. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now notice in verse 13, he told all 12 of them who he was. He says, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? But only one responds and says that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said unto him, blessed art thou. It says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Notice he received insight. He had understanding of who was standing in front of him. You say, why is this important? Jesus continued and said, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How many knows that there's power that comes with insight? When Peter acknowledged who Jesus truly was, he was blessed and favored because of the revelation that he had received and was sensitive enough to receive from the Father which was in heaven. And because of that, the Lord says, I'm, you're no longer going to be called Simon, but we're going to be calling you Peter. And upon this revelation that you have, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, that is what we're going to build this church on. And there's nothing that's going to be able to destroy it, harm it, tear it down. There's nothing that's ever going to be able to discredit it because it is built upon an unmovable rock. Now, I could preach from there this morning, but I want to show you the value of insight this morning. In Genesis chapter 41, beginning in verse number one, the backstory leading up to this is a young man by the name of Joseph that was a dreamer and he began to share and his brothers became jealous and they they take this coat of many colors, they strip him of it and they sell him into slavery and he is now in a foreign land. He has then been to Potiphar's house and he's been betrayed there and then he's been thrown in prison and he has been used by God every place that he's been but there was a chief butler and a baker and he was imprisoned with them and they had a dream and he shared them their dream and that which he revealed to them, they, they encountered one was hung and the other was restored and now two years have passed since that and now Pharaoh has a dream. And this is where we began. It says that it come to pass at the end of the two full years that Pharaoh dreamed and behold, he stood by the river and behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine or cattle came up after them out of the river, and they was ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and they stood by the other kine up on the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kine did eat up the seven well-favored. And so Pharaoh awoken 
But then he slept and he dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And then following seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprang up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh woke and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Somebody say a lack of insight. But then spake the chief butler. Notice this, two years have passed. He says, I do remember my faults today. He said, two years ago I was in prison and There was a young Hebrew boy there. He was a servant to the captain of the guards in verse number 12. And he told me and the baker everything that we had dreamed and what was going to happen. And it was so. So in verse number 14, Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment. And he came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream. And there is none that can interpret it. And I've heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And he said, it is not in me, but God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Now, if you was to read 17 through 24, you would find that Pharaoh then begins to tell him the dream that I just read to you. And then he said this, I told this in the latter part of verse 24, I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it unto me. What he was saying, there was none that had insight in Egypt. None of the magicians, none of the wise men, none of them had insight concerning this dream. And Joseph said unto him, God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. He said, the dream is one. But in verse 28, he said, this is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh, what God is about to do, he showeth unto you. And then in verse 33, he says, now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man, discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenish years, because he's saying this, this dream, the revelation that God gave Joseph was this. The seven good cattle is seven good years, and the seven lean cattle is seven years of famine, and the seven good stocks of corn is seven years of good, but the lean ears is seven years of famine. He said, this is, you showed it twice, but it's the same dream. It's the same concept. It is, it is talking about that you're coming into a season where there is going to be seven years of more than enough, but after that, the famine is going to be so great that They're not going to remember the good. And then Joseph begins to say, you need to pick out a man. You need to pick out a wise man. You need to appoint officers over the land. And you need to take a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven years of plenty. And you need to gather all of the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep the food in the cities. And that the food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine. And which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land perish not through the famine. Somebody say insight this morning. 
Now in verse 46, we find that Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And after Pharaoh said this, there is no other man wiser than you. You must be the man. God has given you insight. I anoint you. And he, he clothed him. He gave him a wife. Uh, he equipped him, made him man uh, uh, in charge of the kingdom. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and he went throughout the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenish years, the earth brought forth by handfuls, meaning it brought forth abundantly. And he gathered up all of the food of the seven years, which was in the land of Egypt. And he laid up the food in the cities and the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up the same. Now, you say, why is all of this important? Because notice what happened. In verse number 56, and the famine was over all the face of the earth and Joseph opened all of the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt and all countries came unto Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all the land. There was only one place, there was only one source and it was the place where a man had insight and he prepared. Now, we must deal today with the issue that we currently face in our land and in the nations of the world. We must deal with the issue of blindness today. What am I talking about? The inability to see, lacking the sense of sight. We have a culture today that believes that everything's going to continue as it is, even though things are uncertainly we're always going to have what we have so I really don't need to do much because it's always been but can I tell you you must awaken I must awaken Paul writing like many others he was not writing to the world but he began to write some very strong words to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, notice he begins to write and he says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness." That the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. What he was saying is this. Timothy, as well as to the church of Thessalonica and others of that day, you must have insight. You must be aware that we are different than the world. The ideal, please hear me that we can just go along has got to be destroyed. But the Bible teaches us that we are called to be individuals that are awakened as well as aware of the seasons in which we live. And this morning, we are living in a season that none of us has ever lived before. We have seen our nation go through things throughout history. We have saw nations of the world go through things, but we have never experienced what we are right now. And I understand that the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. And I understand that, but at the same time, it has always been in pockets here and there and there, but now we are no longer just individuals, but now we are dealing with a global mindset. We are connected in a manner that we've never been. 
So what's happening on the other side of the globe, uh, we are not able to escape. Or that which is happening here, those on the other side of the globe are not able to escape. We are dealing with things in a manner that we have never dealt with before. And the ideal that someone else will do it for me is a very dangerous approach uh, to living a life that is biblically correct. I will go as far as to say it is impossible to do that. I want to deal with a few things this morning, but let me lay this out. And I'm not just dealing about natural things. I'm dealing with natural things as well as spiritual things uh, at the same time uh, running parallel. But in Proverbs 12, verse number 11, it says, He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Let me ask you, what are you following? Are we following the word of the Lord, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path? Or are we following Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, and all the other garbage? Vain persons, hear me. When we begin to follow vain persons, we, we come to a place where we are void of understanding. Because you have to realize that he sees things differently than we see them. The church of Laodiceans said this, we are increased of goods and we need nothing. But Jesus comes along in his word and says, you're blind, naked, and you are, you're in a pitiful shape. Now whose assessment is correct? They both can't be right. Many times we think we're right when we're wrong because we're void of understanding because of the fact that we've been following after vain persons. Proverbs 28, 19 says, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Wonder why it is today that there is an absence in the churches across America and across the globe for that matter. Why is it there's an absence of the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in our gatherings? Why is it that our altars are remained unused? And why is it that we go through week after week just doing what we've always done because uh, we just think, well, maybe one day it will happen. I have to remind you, there is some things uh, that you and I have to labor for. We live in a fallen world. If you was to read Genesis chapter number three, verse number 19, the word of the Lord has been spoken to Adam and it says this, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread. He's saying this, if you're not gonna go out there and labor for it, you're not gonna get it. Now you can talk about a move of God, you can talk about experiencing the things of God, you can talk about having things for your family, uh, but if you don't go out there and do it, you're not gonna get it. You can look at what somebody else has and said, man, I'd like to have that blessing. But did you work uh, for the last five years and save diligently so that they, like they did so they could have it? You see, you gotta work for it. You gotta labor for it. it. It's not enough to say, man, I'd really like to have that. Well, if you really, really want it, then labor for it. I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning, but that's all right. Notice Proverbs 20, verse 11 and the following. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. The hearing ear and the seeing eye the Lord hath made, even both of them, get this, 
Love not sleep. I lost some of you right there. Lest thou come to poverty. Open thy eyes and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. You're going to have to get out of bed. If you're sleeping over eight hours, you're wasting time. You don't need over four or five. Get your tail up, go till the land, and make provision. Naturally and spiritually. I don't have time, preacher. Listen. You don't have time because you're sleeping. And the Bible says, love not sleep. And this isn't just natural, but this is spiritual. Because how many knows the flesh will war against your spirit? And if you listen to the flesh, it will make your spirit go to sleep because the spirit gets wore out and says, man, I just can't fight this today. So you go for two days or three days. You don't pray. You don't read. Uh, you haven't fasted since we called a fast the first of the year because, well, I'm just loving sleep right now. I just love this slumbering state. Guess what? You're in a place of poverty. No anointing. No moving. Because we're loving things that God says we shouldn't love. I'm still young enough to move, so if you want to throw something, throw it. I'll duck, all right? I'll get to some good stuff in a few minutes. I share these scriptures with you this morning because it's important to understand it's our responsibility to provide for our families. It's our responsibility to provide for our community and our nation. Please hear me. It is not Washington, D.C.'s responsibility to take care of you. We often fail to teach people the need to be extremely sensitive to every area of their life. But this morning, please hear me, we must have ears to hear today. Proverbs 3, beginning in verse number 5, I'm going to jump through this passage of Scripture very quickly. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not into thy own understanding, but notice... In all thy ways, somebody say all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will what? But what does it say? There's a little word in there. Y'all skipped it. He shall direct thy paths. Meaning if you put all of your trust in him in every avenue of life, if you acknowledge him to be Lord, he shall direct thy paths. But goes on and says, be not wise in thy own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Meaning this, you'll walk in a place of strength and health. Notice this, verse number nine. Get ready to throw something. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thy increase. What is thy substance? Everything that's in your possession. Honor him with everything you have. With your voice, with your hands, with your feet, 
with everything God has blessed to come in. Listen, you and I are not owners of anything, but we are stewards. And sometimes God wants to check our stewardship. And sometimes he just might say, will you trust me with everything? With thy substance and with the first fruits of thy increase. Notice with me, you should not... Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I don't talk about this much, but I'm going to hit it right now, and then I'm going to run, all right? You should not tithe and give if you can afford to. You should tithe and give before you do anything else. Then you will be able to afford to do everything else. It's a proven principle. Notice. He says, if you'll honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of thy increase, here's this word again, shall, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Can I tell you something? God never ignores faithfulness. And when you began to faithfully give of all your substance and with your first fruits, can I tell you, you cannot help but walk in the blessing and the favor of God. And it's not the yesterday's blessings, but it's new blessings. It's new things bursting and coming forth continually. Can I tell you, I like living in the blessing. But then verse 13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. But notice verse 15, she talking about wisdom. It is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand is riches and honor. Her ways are ways of plentiness, and her ways are, and her paths are paths of peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom, notice this, or you could say it this way, the Lord by insight hath founded the earth, and by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thy eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. Verse 26, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. What does all of this mean? The psalmist in Psalms 25 verse four said, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths, lead me in thy truth and teach me for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. What am I saying today? The value of insight cannot be overstated. Jesus shortly before he went to Calvary is having a conversation with his disciples. And he simply says this in John 16, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you could not bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Jesus was sharing with his followers some very valuable information that I want to share with you. Verse 16, chapter 16 of that same chapter, verse number 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. What he was saying is clearly written for you and I to understand. When the Holy Spirit comes, preach on, Jackson. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will not only equip you with power to be witnesses, but he will guide you with wisdom and understanding from the Father. Now, currently, that was just my introduction. Currently, we find ourselves in times of great uncertainty. Don't take him out. He's the only amen I'm getting. (laughs) We are no longer one of many nations, as I mentioned, that can separate itself from the activities of the hour. But we are now part of a global community that is affected by the affairs and decisions that's been made by many ungodly men and women. Much of which taking place today on this globe is in complete contrast to the written word of God. Paul, along with others, wrote about this hour, and we must be aware of it. Last words are important. Paul knew his life was getting ready to come to a close. He wasn't going to be here much longer, but he had a spiritual son. And he said, I got to make sure I impart into him everything that I can before I leave because I want him to be successful. I want him to take this thing and run with it. I want him to experience greater. So he began to write in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And notice it's very important. He doesn't say, now Paul writes. But he says, now the Spirit speaks. And this is what I want you to hear. I don't want you to hear the rest of this message as Ron speaking to you. Okay? So I believe what I'm getting ready to share with you is the Spirit speaking to you. He says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. How many knows we're seeing that? Giving heed to seducing spirits, we're seeing that. And doctrines of devils, we're seeing that. Speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. All of those things is the days we see. But the Spirit didn't stop there. But when Paul continues to write to Timothy in letter form in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Notice this. This isn't Paul writing. This is the Spirit saying, from such turn away. Since we have been given this information beforehand, the question now comes, what are we to do? We know without a doubt we can have the dialogue. We can have the conversation this morning. Yes, we are seeing people depart the faith. Yes, we are dealing with seducing spirits. Yes, we see that men are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Yes, we're seeing perilous times all around us. So what are we to do? We, as men and women of God, are men and women that are supposed to have insight. 
Please have ears to hear today. We serve a God that does not change. He expects us to be individuals who take personal responsibility for ourselves and for our families. He, by the Holy Spirit, gives us insight so we may live prepared lives. Notice he says this, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will show you things that was and is and is to come. I do not have to have a knee-jerk reaction, so to speak, when I see trouble. But if I'm walking in tune with the Spirit of God, I can see it from a distance and say, you know what? Something's getting ready to happen. I need to prepare for it. But you cannot see if you have your head buried in the sand. And today we think, well, God's going to take care of it. God will take care of it if you position yourself for him to take care of it. Notice. Joseph was given insight concerning the dream of Pharaoh. I did not forget where I started. If you go back to Genesis 41, and I'm going to bring this to a close rather quickly. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, notice, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed you what he is about to do. He's saying God has granted you insight so that you could become a place of provision for what's about to happen. He said, I'm about to bring you insight. If you'll have an ear to hear and if you'll respond accordingly to the leading of my spirit, uh, I'm going to do something different in this place than I'm going to do in any other place. And therefore, Joseph begins to tell him, he says, behold, there come seven years of great plenty and then there's going to be seven years of famine. But notice, he says, the famine is going to consume the land. In verse 31, he said, And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled. He said, The Lord wanted you to really get this in your spirit because of the great vexing that was going to come from it. But then he says, It is because the thing is established by God that you had two dreams. And it is also to tell you the urgency that God will shortly bring it to pass. He's saying you cannot wait five years. You cannot wait till it gets more convenient. But you're going to have to listen to what God is saying and doing because there is trouble coming soon. And he was saying you've got seven years to get this stuff in order. And if you'll do this, if you'll seek out a wise man a man that has insight and understands the value of it and will respond according to it. <coughs> he said, Egypt is not going to be like the rest of the world. Now, we do not prepare out of fear. We prepare out of wisdom. Yes. It is much different. I am not standing before you today to tell you some things uh, that get fear stirred up in you. But I'm standing before you today with wisdom and understanding by the Holy Ghost uh, that things are getting ready to change. We have been in a state of blessing in the United States of America for many, many years. But right now, over the last few years, uh, I can tell you this, over the last 48 months, and there's people in this room that can verify this, uh, that they are making more money than they've ever made in their life. They're more blessed than they've ever been. And instead of storing it up, they're wasting it. Because we're going to get this next thing I want and this thing I want and I want this and, and we're feeding the flesh. We're feeding, but we're not listening to spiritual insight. It's not going to last forever. Right. 
And I tell you, most of the people that's been blessed right now in the United States of America in business is men and women of faith. And he's blessing them because he's given you spiritual insight. But you're going to have to get the dirt off your glasses and realize uh, God's blessing me, uh, not for me just to say, oh, I'm blessed, uh, but because there's a day coming uh, where our storehouse needs to be full uh, because there's a trouble storm coming. Hear me. You do not have all of the regulations that we have in a nation and go for as many years as we had and never have problems like we've had since January when we're just shy of a hundred food manufacturings that's burnt to the ground. You know why we're doing that is because selective judgment. It's the east wind has begun to blow. The seven lean ears of corn is beginning to devour the seven full ears of corn. Or I could say it this way, the seven lean kind is starting to devour the seven fully fleshed kind. And everybody says, well, it, it, it's, it, it's gonna be all right. Listen, the government only has so much cheese. I had a meeting recently with the trustees of this, of this house. And we are exploring options as I speak. And we're going to do our part to try to make sure that if case of calamity, we can be a resource for you to have some things if you need it. But I'm going to say this as lovingly as I can because I do love you. But I didn't give birth to you. And all of that responsibility don't rest on my shoulders. But you're not infants anymore. You're adult men and adult women. Men of God in this house, you hear me. You better make sure your cupboards in your house has food in it. Because it's your responsibility to feed your children and your grandchildren. Now if you can't do it, that's one thing. And we'll help you do it. But listen... You're waiting on somebody else to do the hard work, but you got to labor for some stuff. But listen, uh, I'm just not talking about naturally. I'm talking about spiritually as well. Uh, you want the blessings of God in your, hand, in your family uh, and on your marriage and on your children. Uh, then labor for it. Pray. Seek the face of God. Be in the Word. Listen. The value of insight means this. When God shows me something, I have to respond because there's lives hanging in the balance in the future. Think about it just for a moment. Let your mind go there with me. St. Joseph sitting in prison. Pharaoh sins for him. Chief Butler says, oh, by the way, but I'm sorry. It's been two years. I totally forgot about you. He could have been a fleshly Christian and said, you know what? I know what the Lord's saying, but I ain't telling them. They'd figure it out on themselves. What if he hadn't walked in a place of obedience to the word of God? What if Pharaoh had just discarded what Joseph said and said, ah, oh, we're, man, things are good right now, man. Look, our fields, look, we got handfuls of stuff. Man, what do, you, what do you mean seven years of famine? What do you mean it's going to, 
that we're not going to remember any of this. You, you have lost your mind, man. He, you are a radical believer. Get, get, get out of here. But what if Egypt hadn't prepared? All of the known world started coming to the epicenter and Joseph began to meet the needs of the people one after another, after another, after another. Can I tell you, there is things happening right now and God is allowing them to happen and it's for there to be a latter outpouring of the Holy Ghost on a generation. Please hear me. God is trying to get the people of God to awaken and have insight and begin to prepare because guess what? When everything goes wrong, he only wants there to be one place that's prepared, his church. Can I tell you? I've been 37,000 feet in the air with a bunch of drunks partying about midnight in the midst of a thunderstorm, rocking and rolling, man. And they was all having a big old time until the turbulence started getting heavy. And all of a sudden, I seen the demeanor change and they was looking for something. Listen, there's a season of turbulence coming and they're going to be looking for something. The question is, what are you going to have in your cupboard? Physically as well as spiritually. Here's one of the things that disturbs me more. We got people in the world that's not serving God preparing more than the people in the house of God. And we even have the word of God that tells us what's going to happen in the latter days. And we choose not to move. Listen, I pray that God extends his grace and mercy and tragedy is avoided. That is my prayer. God, forgive us as a nation. Let trouble not come to us. But I'm also understanding that if he's a God that changed, we have to pay for our sins as a nation. And while I celebrate the victories of these last few weeks in our judicial system, you hear me. We still, we still have to deal with the fact of where we are prophetically on this timeline. Our seven years of plenty is coming to a close. I do not say that to scare you. I pray, I read the word, but I also, I study very many different economist theories and I listen to far liberals that makes my head explode and I listen to conservatives that make my head explode and that's probably why I'm not too sane but I try to have a balanced approach to all of this and all I can say is this at the end of the day in my spirit more so than anything that I hear here but by the Holy Spirit I know this that there's some lean years coming and we need to prepare. You must take responsibility. I must take responsibility. Think about how many people Joseph touched because he took time to prepare. We must, in this season, prepare. We must prepare our hearts. We must prepare our lives. 
we must prepare to make sure that our families are able to be taken care of. How do you do that? It's not by me telling you what you need to do by giving you A, B, C, and D. It's by you going and staying before the Lord and saying, God, give me direction on what I am supposed to do. Because what he tells me may not be the same that he tells you. Because your family's a little different than my family, okay? You have different needs than I have. I've been blessed with health up to this point, and I'm so thankful for it. I don't necessarily need to lay up. For example, I don't necessarily need to lay up three months or six months or whatever. Supply of metformin, I'm not a diabetic, and I'm thankful for that. But if you are, those are some things you might want to consider in your time of preparation. You understand what I'm saying? Because there's value in insight. Not only is there value in insight, but there's freedom. There's rest. There's peace. Knowing this in the back of my mind that, you know what? If something happens, my family's going to be all right. Listen, Kyla don't like peanut butter, but she'll learn to like it if she needs it. She may not like soup beans, but she's going to eat some beans if we had to. All right? We got some of those too. We, we, got, we got some stuff, all right? <laughs> But we got some stuff because we want to be able to make sure we're in health so that we can be the hands and feet of Christ. I can't touch a world that's hurting and in chaos if I'm sick and stricken and in a place where I'm not nourished. You understand? It's going to be one of the greatest times of evangelism that's getting ready to come to our nation as well as the nations of the world. Listen, you can rack it up and say, man, Pastor Ron has lost his mind today. That's okay. That's okay. You, you and the Lord figure it out. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when we serve the Lord, we're going to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if he's a God that does not change, and he tells Joseph, you need to prepare because I need there to be a place. I sense I sense that there's some houses of worship that God's beginning to prepare to become the place. And I believe we are very much one of them in this Whitewater Valley. So we're going to make preparation, but I need you to make preparation. I need you to seek the Lord over this message. And I want you to do what God leads you to do. But this is not a fear tactic today. But it's time for you and I to raise up and get our own oil and prepare for his arrival because he's coming. As they come to the music this morning, here's what I want to say to you. If we prepare, we will be where others come for help, for guidance, and for direction. And it is then that we will be positioned to give them Jesus. I ask you this morning, how much Jesus do we have to give right now? You see, building a prepared house doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Joseph didn't have Egypt prepared 
overnight. It was a process. It was labor intensive. They gathered in the city, in the fields. They sweated. They worked. But because they labored and worked, nestled in this story, is a story that many of you well know. I did not talk about it this morning. But you know those same brothers that betrayed him ended up standing before him. But what is so amazing embedded in this story is that there was an old man in a land that was stricken with famine. It was probably sitting there saying, you know what, this is, this is how it's going to end. I'm going to watch my family wither away because of the condition all around us. But all of a sudden he heard that there was corn in Egypt. So he sent those boys They returned, but then they went again. But when they returned the next time, it was a little different. Because on their second trip, they had received some insight. That the man that looked like an Egyptian sitting there wasn't an Egyptian at all. But it was a Hebrew boy by the name of Joseph. And upon their return, their their father heard the words that Joseph is yet alive. And he said, no, I won't believe it. Can't be so. For 36 years, I think it was, somewhere around there, he had wept and mourned. 30 years right at it, I guess. Close to. But then he saw the wagons. And he says, it is enough. My Joseph is yet alive. And they loaded up that family. And the best land of Egypt was theirs. Because somebody prepared. In the midst of chaos, my friend, I believe there's a prepared place in the spiritual realm for the people of God. And we're getting ready to go there. I think we're getting ready to move from glory to glory to glory. I sincerely believe that. I believe the old white-haired man, Brother John, in, in my encounter this week, as he stood there and ministered to me, and he said, greater, greater, greater. I believe we're entering that. Don't doubt that for a moment. But we have to prepare while we're in the greater to make our reach greater than it's ever been. As we stand all over the house this morning, I've delivered my heart to you today. More importantly, I've delivered the heart of God, I believe. 
not today, but within the next couple of weeks, you'll find out on our Welcome Center, there's going to be a packet that's put together that we're working on. Filled with recommendations and things that you can do to naturally prepare for your, prepare your family, prepare your home. I believe that's important. What you do with it, it's totally up to you. But as I shared with some of the men in this church, felt like it's something that we should offer. Professional advice by organizations. We're compiling together, and you can do what you will with them. So that'll be available to you within a couple of weeks. However, more important than any of that, I have to say, what must take place now in this year, the remainder of this year, is this right here has to be prepared. You and I must have ears to hear and hearts to receive what God is saying. So how do we do that? By just standing in his presence, kneeling in his presence, and saying, God, we're listening. And God, we're asking for your direction, your guidance, your wisdom. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. And I'm believing that he will be faithful to speak into your life and what you need to do. But here's one thing that I know that needs to happen. There's men and women under the sound of my voice today. You're gifted, you're called, you're anointed. And you're not gifted and called and anointed for five years from now, but you are for the present. And you have to begin to operate in your giftings and callings. If you're called to ministry, you've got to begin to minister. You've got to prepare yourself for that. You feel this unction saying, I know that God has called me. Listen, you're going to have to begin to say no to other things and begin to say yes to the time that's required. Listen. You got to be alone. You got to be in his presence. You got to get into the word. You got to spend time in prayer. You got to let him speak to you. You got to let him fill you up because you have to begin to pour out. There's a world that needs you right now. I can't overstate that. I don't care how young, how old you are. You got to make yourself available to receive the spiritual insight. We cannot feed a generation yesterday's manna. They got to have fresh manna. There is a prophetic utterance. I believe this with all of my heart. I'm trying not to linger. But there's a prophetic utterance that's coming to the body of Christ the remainder of this year that's going to propel us into 2023 where a harvest of souls is going to come in the midst of great uncertainty and great difficulty. Please hear me. We have to have wisdom. And understanding. It may not look like it's always looked. It may not sound like it's always sounded. It's okay. You just have to be you. You have to be authentic. He's not calling you to be somebody else. But you got to prepare. 
I just want to pray with you today. Pray for you today. I'm going to ask you to just lock arms with your neighbor this morning. You say, why are you having us lock arms? Because there's a commanded blessing when we're in unity. And I want us to be in unity today. I could stand here today for a very extended period of time and tell you some things that God's put in my spirit that I believe is just around the corner. I don't think it's, I don't think it's so much of us to hear all those things at this moment. But it's important for us to understand that he's speaking to us. And he's speaking to us because he wants us to have insight so that we can walk with wisdom and with understanding. So I don't want you to just pray for yourself this morning, but I want you to pray for those that you're locked arms with. And I want you to help me pray in this manner. Lord, give all of us wisdom. Give us understanding on how we are to prepare our house and our ministries for this season. Can we do that together? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today. Lord, I thank you that you are preparing a generation to lead I thank you that you are equipping us with your word and with your spirit and Lord I thank you for the men and women of this house and those that faithfully join us every week by way of live stream and Lord I thank you that the testimonies that we hear of the work that you're doing in their lives and we take nothing from that, Lord, but we give you all the praise and all the glory for those things. But today, Father, we know that we're standing in a place where things are getting ready to shift and change. We know today, Lord, that selective judgment has been released in areas. And Lord, we understand that and we understand why. But Lord, we pray for lives to be spared we pray for grace to be extended. I know we're not worthy of it, Lord, but Lord, I know it's your, not your heart for that any man should perish, but that all would come to everlasting life. So Lord, I pray that Lord, that there would just be an extension of grace. I pray for salvation to come. Lord, I pray for revelation knowledge to come. Lord, I pray for peace and rest to come to those. Lord, today, Lord, as we stand together in this house, locked arms, Lord, I pray that there would just be a spirit of awareness come to your people. We denounce a spirit of fear that would try to come to the hearts of men and women after a message such as this. That's not our intent. And Lord, I push that back and drive that back to the pits of hell where it came from. And I speak peace over every family, over every mind. But Lord, I also speak that there would be an awakening and an awareness awaken where they would look at their lives, look at their homes spiritually and naturally and ask the question, are we prepared? And Lord, if there is need for things to be done, I pray that you'd give them strength and wisdom to be able to do that. I pray that you'd give them the financial provision that's needed to do that. 
I pray that it would not be a taxing thing, but it would be a labor of love. It would be a labor of expecting the goodness of God to be coming forth from it. And Lord, I thank you for the lives that's going to be touched and changed because of the preparation that's been made by the people of this house. Lord, I thank you for their families that's going to be blessed because they prepare. I thank you for their community that's going to be blessed because they prepare. Lord, I thank you for the, the, the state and the nation that will be impacted as well as the nations of the world because of this house been prepared. And Lord, we prepare not out of fear but out of wisdom with the spirit of expectancy, believing for souls, believing for lives to be changed, delivered and set free, believing for the harvest to come. Lord, believing for there to just be a, a, a bursting forth of the wine press, so to speak. Lord, I thank you right now for the Goshens that's been prepared in this season. Lord, I thank you for miracle working power. I thank you for healing power. I thank you for what you've done in this house already today, Lord. The lives that we have prayed over and prayed for. I thank you for a good report we're going to receive of healing, of miraculous turnaround. And Lord, today, I pray as we go from this house that we would go in power and authority with a spirit of expectancy, believing great things for the future. Lord, lead us throughout the week. Let your people be blessed in business, in their workplace. Let them be blessed with health and strength. And Lord, we'll never cease to give you praise and glory for it. Lord, until we meet again, I pray that you would lead, guide, and direct us. And the church says, Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May shine brightly upon you. Give you blessed peace today. Hey, everyone. Uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us. Uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.